Hi everyone! Welcome back. This is Chirping with ABA Owls. I'm Carla and that's Lauren. Hi! So, we just wanted to do a quick disclaimer before we start. Uh, these are our thoughts and experiences. We are not claiming to know everything. We are speaking from our own experience. And we wanted also to disc we, we do like this section where we discuss things from the previous podcast. I just want to say I probably think people could hear my breathing and I'm really sorry but when I record like when I'm tired my breathing gets deeper <laughs> and yeah we we didn't have our mics yet today we do but we didn't have our mics yet so I couldn't edit it out so I'm really sorry if you heard me going <gasps> like breathing um Lauren do you have anything to discuss from the previous podcast or are you good I don't think so I think I'm okay thanks Cool, just me then. Alright, so before we get started, we wanted to say we have two online workshops planned. The first one will be this month on the 19th of January, and the topic is Function of Behavior Demands. And the second one is on the 23rd of February, and the topic is Alternative Behaviors. They will last for around an hour and a half, they will cost £25 per person, and we will, of course, supply all the learning resources, including practical exercises. And it will be done by online, so you can join from anywhere in the world. And if you're interested, just email us for more details and registration at aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. Oh, and Happy New Year, because it's we're recording in December, but it's New Year's now when you listen to this. Yeah, oh my days. It'll be 2021. Oh, bring it on. I yeah, mean, definitely. I I I, I don't want to say I don't want to say what else can happen because I feel like that's like cursing. Yeah. Let's not go there. You know. No, yeah. let's not. All right. So, okay, cool. I'll... So, um yeah, we just I thought we'd talk about the topic um for the day, which is ABA programs, yay or nay. So, the reason we chose this is um because we feel there's quite a lot of, um, I don't want to say secrecy, maybe it's the wrong word, but a lot of um, detail. Myth. Yeah. Yeah, mystery, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, um, mystery. Yes, around these programs. And it can become quite complicated um, in terms of who's involved and who does what and um, et cetera. So we thought we'd talk about it. And, of course, again, as Carla mentioned earlier, it's our, a disclaimer that these are our experiences and we would just like to share them with you. So for the next few months, we might be looking at the ins and outs of ABA programs. Um, so, yeah, so that's how we're going to chat about that today. And um, Yeah. Yeah. And if you heard our previous podcast episode, we're not offended if you didn't because it was so long about us just rambling on. Uh, we did mention this is one of the things we wanted to do was discuss, you know, ABA programs. So then we thought it was quite funny because when we were deciding the topics, we're like, okay, we're going to do for the new year. And Lauren said, well, I want to do this. And I said, oh, I want to do that as well. Yay. So it's always good to be in sync with your partner. And yeah. Your it's quite, <laughs> it, I think also it's something that we often have to explain. So it's quite yeah. exhausting. So if we get to talk mm. about it and we get to share this with people as opposed to having to explain it to everybody, then maybe we could save ourselves some time and some voice. <laughs> Just very quickly, a big tangent. So my brother-in-law and his partner, they do, they're in uh, sports. They're going to start the podcast. Oh, and cool. He didn't tell me anything, the little 
Mm-hmm. And Brat. I found, <coughs> I know, I found out like on, yesterday I was looking at their Insta and his partner said, oh guys, do you have anything you want us to answer on the podcast? And then I went, I went on their website and the podcast's not there. So I think it's going to, it's still going to be recorded, but I'm going to listen to it just to say, you know what? I care enough about your stuff and I'm listening to your stuff and you're not listening to mine. So mm-hmm. I'm better than you. I'm just going to use it to torture him because it's just funny. <laughs> you know, that's what brother and sisters are for. Anyway, okay, guys, so we're going to follow our normal structure, which is the WH questions. And the first one is, what are ABA programs? So we get asked a lot about what does an ABA program entail? And there are many, many ways of answering this question. Um, the more technical answer would be, We change behavior by setting targets based on ABA procedures such as reinforcement, shaping, and stimulus control, amongst others. And this is a very correct answer. However, it's very jargony. So when we use all the jargon with people who are not used to these terms, not only does it make us sound a little bit condescending, it also doesn't properly explain what an ABA program is. You know, a person who understands the terms, yeah, I get it, but... It's still, there's so much to explain that using all, you know, sometimes you need to make sure you're communicating your field to other people. Because I think that's that's a big thing in ABA. You need to be able to explain to people who are not in the field what it is. And an ABA program basically (coughs) looks at increasing behaviors that are functional for the individual and it looks at decreasing behavior that can be harmful to the individual or others. So, and when we say harmful, it can range from a person hurting themselves or others not being able to be around peers. And this latter, the last thing that I mentioned, can lead to exclusion, which, you know, let's be honest, doesn't feel very good. Whether the person is aware of being excluded or if you as a parent, a carer, a guardian, a friend realize exclusion is happening so it's not it's not something we want Uh, ABA focuses on the individual that's the thing with ABA it's about their behavior their needs and their barriers to learning their abilities an ABA program would look at all of these elements and then implement targets or goals tailored to this person and we are aware that Many people state that this type of approach doesn't have value and it hasn't been tested with larger groups of people. Just got to say, my dad's one of those people that said that to me. And to that I say, there are over 70 years worth of empirical studies that demonstrate the effectiveness of this approach. There's a book called The Behavior of Organisms by B.F. Skinner that was published in 1938 and it's considered to be one of the first contributions into development of behavior analysis. So register this. ABA is this old. 1938. That's what? Let's do the maths. So 2, 4, 3, 3, so 60, like 82 years old or something? Going to be, I think. There they are. Is my math right? So 240, so. yeah, yeah. So it's that old. You know, and another thing worth mentioning about ABA programs is that ABA works best with VB. So VB stands for verbal behavior. So we, I think we've mentioned this example before, 
imagine an orange and imagine that the orange is divided into slices and each slice represents a section of our behavior and our learning and you know our abilities and B.F. Skinner identified those parts he named every single one of those parts and then the whole of the orange he called verbal behavior so verbal behavior is it's let's say the compost or you know it's the addition of it's how do you say the total sum of all of our of the different types of abilities a human being has and behaviors a human being has so ABA uses procedures such as reinforcement which you know it's rewarding behavior we want increased shaping so molding the behavior in stages so it becomes closer and closer to the target behavior extinction so you don't reinforce the behavior anymore etc so there's lots of different procedures and verbal behavior looks at areas such as manding so requesting tacting which is another word for naming objects and actions and in schools they call tacting um, expressive language which is the same thing echoic which is repeating words and other amongst other topics so verbal behavior is what you know we Lauren myself and others that are VB trained that's what we use to set targets and ABA procedures is what we use to achieve those targets and just to finish off before I you know um, get Lauren to speak up because she always she has more experience than me so she always has always an extra to add that I've forgotten probably um, so just to finish on what is an ABA program it will depend on the individual we can't when people say oh my child does this what can we do like we we can't make the same program for different individuals each ABA program is different but in our opinion what they should all have in common is the use of verbal behavior for targets and of ABA procedures such as reinforcement and if you know of course there are other ABA procedures but reinforcement is should always be there and Lauren do you want to add anything to what I said no I think that's fine I think yeah it's it tends to come, become a little bit complicated but um you know once if we talk about it more and more i think people will start to sink in <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm happy i'm happy with that response thank you okay so i'm going to move on to why so why should your child have an aba program and when i started typing some of the things that i thought about why i thought i would do some research on the googles and the inter internets about what do people consider, like, why would ABA therapy be required instead of me giving an answer always about things? So according to the Applied Behavior Analysis Programs.com, ABA is a type of therapy used to, um, to treat and improve certain behaviors, such as communication, social skills, poor academics, and similar psychological disorders. ABA is used on both adults and children and in various settings, including homes, schools, clinics, and workplaces. So there's a lot of people that can actually benefit from it. And they also cited that they use it a lot with um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, so ADHD, um, autism spectrum disorder, so ASD, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, 
and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. So I thought that was quite oh. interesting, yeah, to just have a look because obviously Carl and I um, are in a quite a specialized field of um, ABA and VB where we help children with um, mostly autism, so ASD and other learning difficulties or communication difficulties. So yes, you know, but there is also a wide scope that it could help people. And then I thought also I'd do a little more research because I was happy with that answer, <laughs> but we always want to do more and more. Um, yeah. So according to AutismSpeaks.org, um, ABA therapy programs help increase language and communication skills. Okay, So improve attention, focus, social skills, memory, and academics, and decrease problem behaviors, which is what Carla mentioned in her first description about what ABA programs are. Um, they also have some great information on their website, so go and have a look. That's AutismSpeaks.org. I really liked um, some of their um, definitions and explanations. But uh, how I would put it is that, you know, if your child doesn't mention any of those things, which, to be honest, most people with autism have, then they don't have great communication or language skills. And they, are, they do find it hard to, um, you know, sit down and do a task. Um, so, yeah, I think not always, but in some cases. And I think I would say if the child or the young person isn't making progress or meeting their milestones, okay, they're behind academically, or they aren't absorbing from the environment like others, like other children, or they struggle with communication, or, and this is a big one, their problem behavior or their behavior is controlling the household and everything revolves around them. And whether they're happy, you probably need an ABA program. Um, ABA generally targets, as I was mentioned before, reducing problematic or harmful behaviors, okay, such as tantrums or self-injury or um, self-injurious behavior, and increasing imp improving communication and other skills. So it is used wildly, okay, for intervention for people with ASD, but there's also loads of research to um, demonstrate that ABA is an evidence-based practice, which is what Carla mentioned earlier. And has shown improvement widely throughout the world. I mean, it's used extensively in the US and the UK. And I think it's it's one of the Scandi countries, or should I say Nordic? I think Sweden. Um, but I couldn't... The Blontal people. Yes. I couldn't actually find a lot of information about where ABA is used the most, which I found quite interesting. Um, because I was like, where do people use most ABA therapy? I would say the US. Um, because... Probably, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, and it's basically was born there, and it's kind of moved, migrated across the sea. I mean, there's there's a lot in Italy and Spain <coughs> recently. Yeah, I think. yeah, I think it isn't, and you know what? Like even here in South Africa, mm -hmm. like there are places. There's there's no formal education. Um, like you can't go to university here and get a degree in it, which I think is also a big telltale sign that it still is developing. But there are schools, and there are um, people providing um, intervention, ABA therapy or intervention. But yeah, I think um, the it's not as established. And, you know, I wanted to put this in because in my experience, ABA programs have improved the lives of people I work with and their families. But I would never want to provide ABA people who, and I want to say, like, don't require it, inverted commas. Because in my opinion, we all need ABA. And I use ABA oh, I agree with you. all the time. I use it for myself. I use it for others. I use it for my cats and dogs. I use it for kids I babysit. I use it for friends. I use it for people I come into contact with in the shops. You know, I, I use it all the time. So it is everywhere. And I think the thing is that it because it's behavior and you know, it's analysis, but the applied version of that is not only knowing about analyzing behavior, but being able to apply it to loads of different settings, what makes ABA very specialized. And yeah, See, yeah. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of, you know, we can use it for a lot of things. And and the goal of ABA that we're trying to come across is we're not trying to fix people. People are not it's not people being broken, it's just we just want to support people in achieving goals and skills and whatever they need to become they're, you know, I'm going to say this cliche phrase, the better selves. Yeah. Uh, living their best lives like Generation Z likes to say. Uh, <laughs> I use, you know, I use ABA on myself a lot. Like Lauren said, she also uses it a lot. And I like setting targets. So I'll give you an example. At the end of the year, my husband and I like to sit down and review our finances. Uh, and we discuss what our goal for the year is. And we started doing this a few years ago. So we decide on a wider goal and then we discuss, you know, what measurable steps we can take in achieving it. So at the end of 2019, we decided we wanted to change our lifestyle. And for us, that meant less expenses and relocating somewhere we both liked. And by reducing expenses, it would mean we wouldn't have so much time. We didn't have to spend so much time working unless we wanted to. Um, and in October of 2020, we relocated somewhere else. So we like more countryside and quiet areas and we cut down our expenses. And I still have clients in London and I'm still able to supervise programs. Uh, well, being supervised by my CBA, obviously. And once COVID is a bit less horrible, I'll go visit them because my plan was from the beginning to see everyone every four to six weeks. But with COVID, you know, things are a bit harder now, as everyone knows. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, I apply ABA in my life and I can see the results. So I think ABA can be applied to a lot of things and to a lot of areas, if not all areas. Um, Lauren, should I move on to the next one or do you want to add anything? No, I just wanted to add that absolutely. And if you'd listened to our previous one, I think we talk about the lists, the lists of lists and <laughs> how how yeah. we make steps more and achievable for ourselves. And I'm pretty sure I was always a list person. Like I loved a list always. But as we were saying, I think we mentioned in that podcast, um, that episode, I can't remember what it was called. It was something about ABA 2020 or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> can't even remember the brain. Um, is that, you know, um, that I wasn't very effective with my lists. So I had the, the prerequisite skills. I could make lists and I could prioritize, but I couldn't do small achievable steps. So that part of my behavior hadn't been shaped yet. Um, yeah. by myself um, through reinforcement and other things um, but I know that I'm more effective now because I'm able to break down tasks and share them out so it's not too much to manage and yeah. I know that I wouldn't have been that successful if I hadn't had this understanding of behavior and understanding of my own behavior and what's achievable for myself and I think Having done it for kids, young people that I work with, kids and friends of mine and stuff, like having helped them categorize and sort of be able to achieve small goals, I know that I've seen success and therefore I started doing it on myself more frequently. And um, I know that I would have lost my mind more <laughs> during lockdown and COVID and stuff if I hadn't had the ability to do this because it gave me sort of um, a long term view of what I could achieve in a short period of time, but having made small achievable steps. So yeah, I definitely agree with you, Carla. I think it's the fact that I use it on myself and that I, yeah, I just, I, I just, I know that I'm more effective because I have this understanding of behavior. So yeah. Well, I'll, 
on a side note, on to-do list, and I can show you this. I made um, because I have also lists and the ma I have the master list and I have this list, and it was getting a bit much. I did this um kind of bookmarker for my planner that I can show you later if you're interested. Oh, sounds where, nice. Yeah, so it's gonna be one for every month, so I don't have to always be copying stuff. Yes. Where I have things. Yeah, I have things divided. One, the front says urgent and important, and then mm. the back says when possible. And each section is divided into the four main areas of my life. So Ooh, personal, I love home, it. yeah, creative, <laughs> and ABA. I can show you if you want it on your pl your planner. It's gonna be done. Yeah, I was working on your on your lunar calendar Yay. yesterday. It's looking really cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can. Sh that's what I'm doing now because instead of having master list somewhere else and things like I'm just you know what just have it all at your fingertips and you can just add it in pencil and erase it if you're done mm. and you still you know just make it functional accessible and easy peasy also you know you forget so it's good to have it yeah you know because you, yeah. I do forget about small things and then I forget to add them yeah. to the list and then I think oh what was that yeah. thing that I had to remember and then I forget so if you can just write stuff down and then move it around it's also perfect yeah so. Yeah, and I also did, I, I had the other day, if you, like a couple of weeks ago, I think, so the other day, I, because I have my, you know, planning planner, so I have my days, my dates, etc. And then I have my, my, you know, let's say work, my stuff planner, like I have like a little ring binder, planner, mm -hmm. in Portuguese we call a file of facts, mm -hmm. and, and I have all these papers, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to divide this into four main areas of my life like yeah. I do with my my new to-do list and and I and I am going to I have um you know for example I have a section for personal work creative and um home etc so every time I I remember something I go there and I write it mm. because then it's you know create like you know I like to do my planners, and I think, oh, this is an idea for the planner, so I'm just writing it there, so I know it's exactly. all in one place. Yeah. And if, you know, if my to-do list dwindles, which I doubt, I can always go back, okay, look, I've had this written down, let me put on my yeah. on my bookmarker list now. Oh, that's great. I just wanted to add something quickly, Carla, because I don't know if yeah. I was, now that I'm thinking about what I've said about why, why do people need a um, ABA program? I just wanted to add that Carla and I are by no means saying that everybody needs an ABA program. Our ultimate goal is to be able to, as Carla and I have mentioned many times before, fade ourselves out of helping people yeah. and helping people, like empowering people to help themselves. And yeah, yeah, we don't need think that everybody needs it, but we do think that the principles of behavior analysis yeah, can exactly. be um, applied to loads and loads and loads of settings. And you can hear this yeah. in our previous podcast too, about how many fields we want to go into or we have interest in. And we genuinely believe that if people have a better understanding of behavior and a better understanding of how to really motivate and reward people, we would really have a very different society. So, yeah, that's just, I just wanted to add that because I suddenly was like, we're kind of saying everybody needs it, but we're not saying that everybody needs someone in their house providing ABA provision. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that yeah, in future episodes. Exactly. Which actually, it's a, good, it's a good segue for who is involved yeah. in an ABA program. Cool. That's pretty good. Well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, so here's where the line can get a bit blurred. Because it varies from program to program, and it also depends very. The, so sorry, it also varies depending 
on each person's approach or their view of how involved they think they should be. So the titles that might appear with people involved in an ABA program are a BCBA, consultant, supervisor, lead tutor and tutor. So we're going to discuss each of these titles um, a little bit. So you, this is what we want to stress. You always, and I'm talking about always, need to have a board certified behavior analyst, which this is a BCBA, who is also referred to as a consultant. You always need to have them involved in the program. If you're doing an ABA program, you need this person. And I'm not talking about the fact that, oh yeah, they'll charge you more and they, you know, it's to take money. No, it's because this person would have had specific training, like what Lauren had, what I'm doing now. And that training is to enable everything to be done ethically, safely and efficiently. And you know what? Some tutors probably have a lot of experience, but it's not the same as having to be trained on and supervised on specific areas. Okay, so that's what I want to say about that. So sometimes when the BCBA is too busy and happens, they might have a superior, sorry, superior supervisor um, to manage the program. Or if a supervisor has enough qualifications and they have the experience and they're being overseen by the BCBA, they can also run the program. Uh, so a supervisor would be ideally someone with ABA experience and training and setting up programs who is supervised by CBA. Even if the supervisor is the one setting up the program, a BCBA should always be involved, even if it's just overseeing what the supervisor is implementing. So that's what I've been doing. I'm still not a BCBA, but I've implemented programs. But I do have a BCBA who supervises me. And, you know, I've communicated this to the parents and they know about it. Like, I don't share personal details or anything. So the supervisor just makes sure uh, she checks what I'm doing. And that's really because accountability is really important in our field. You can't just, you know, play with people's lives all willy-nilly. Um, and when it comes to tutors, they will vary based on experience. And I've I've come across programs where they had the lead tutor, who is the person the person with the most experience. And the lead tutor could do everything a regular tutor does, but they might be in charge of deciding targets on behalf of the supervisor consultant or even train the less experienced tutors. So in the upcoming episodes, we will be discussing in more detail each person's function in the program. So that's why we're not getting into too many details because we're going to have an episode dedicated to this because it's a, it's, a it's a big area to discuss. And But from my experience, and I'm not sure, I think Lauren probably agrees with me, when the parents get involved and run ABA procedures, the child progresses better and probably faster. Amen. Because it's, isn't it? Because it's being used all day, all the time, instead of just those two little hours. So even though what I'm going to say might annoy some people, so sorry, it's my opinion. You can, you of course, it's free country or free world, hopefully, in some places, not others. Um, if there's a consultant already making targets and setting up the program, you don't really need a supervisor. That's my view. So, and if you have a supervisor creating procedures and training everyone, 
you don't necessarily need the consultant to come every workshop or every meeting because the supervisor can always communicate with the consultant if there's something they need support with. So if you have someone qualified enough to supervise the program, unless it's something that the BCBA needs to see or needs, you know, needs to set up, you know what I mean? It's just... You just need to balance it out. But again, we're going to discuss it in much detail in future episodes um, about this. Because this is a... If we start now, we won't end. No. And it's a big, big field. Um, Lauren, do you have anything to add before we move on? Yeah, I just thought I would... I mean, I uh, had the... I worked on a couple... Um, quite a few, actually, home programs. Mm. Okay, so this is obviously... I know. <laughs> um, maybe it's slightly different to school programs or programs that are running in school, but maybe not because the, the sort of um, team around the child would still kind of be the same. But I have also been asked to work on some ABA programs um, that were set up, and I say that, I mean, that is not even the right words, that were running and there wasn't a VCBA on board and, you know, mm. there was just a tutor who's making up targets. Um, oh good oh. yeah so and I think for me I mean when I spoke to the parent the first time I was like look I'm gonna give you some advice before you anything continues find a BCBA if I never get involved in your program because I was incredibly busy at the time I was like get get a BCBA you need to find one because you need someone to oversee your project because if you are going to try and ask because I think this family in particular let me just give you a little bit wanted to the um, local authority to pay for their ABA intervention. And I was like, unless you have um, evidence to prove that this ABA intervention has improved your child's life and, re- you know, mainstream education or nursery hasn't, you're not going to get a very, you're not going to get a very strong case if you've got no evidence. And it has yeah. to be overseen by someone who is skilled in gaining evidence and proving this and, finding and teaching the child the right skills in order to prove that. And also for the young person's, you know, development. Um, So, yeah, I think, and the teacher had a lot of experience. She'd worked in the field for a long time. But, you know, there was no assessment done. So we don't know where the child is. So the targets that were being chosen were in some ways, like, too advanced and some some of them too... um, easy for the child see but that's a problem exactly experience and they haven't done an assessment yeah so we don't know what the child knows yeah and we don't know where their gaps are in learning their barriers to learning and i think you know there's a lot of implications of this kind of thing so when i started working on the program i had to almost start from scratch even though he'd already had quite a lot of intervention so it was harder to prove yeah that bigger gap of um, gaining knowledge because he really had quite a lot of exposure and was yeah. was mandings or what we you know commonly refer to as requesting quite frequently, but I had no evidence to prove that there was the ABA that taught him that because there was no data. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was very frustrating. That's why, yeah. That's why we're doing everyone. That's why we're going to do an episode per each area of an ABA program yeah. because Lauren and I have. So many stories that, so yeah. many examples that, and and ours is just like a piece of the cake, mm-hmm. you know. Thank you for listening. This has been part one of ABA programs. Yay or nay? See you next time. Bye. Bye.